0: So, welcome back to Single Minded. We are here to flip the script on being single, whether you're dating, not dating, dating yourself, or just having fun. You are welcome here. I am your host, Hannah First, and my mum is back again. Hi, Linda. Again,
1: hello, hello.
0: Today is a bit of an awkward topic. Well, not really an awkward topic conversation for us because
1: nothing's sacred in our household so <laughs>
0: except mum, when we have to watch sex scenes together
1: that doesn't bother me that just bothers you <laughs> i know
0: so the other day we were watching the oh, most i mean that was oh, it was quite that a wasn't fetish, very good though fetishy scene. yes and i i had my thumbs in my ears blanket and my over your head over, and then Mum starts filming me. I just could not. I don't. And Dad was there too. It was super awkward. But anyway, on today's episode, I am talking to a sex columnist and a journalist, and she also has a YouTube channel. Anyway, she talks about sex, and I met her at an event a while ago, and I've been following her on Instagram and she is awesome we had a really interesting conversation but first off mum and I are actually because mum's actually really You're pretty one night stand positive because you've got an interesting story to tell us so we'll get into that Now, today's episode is about, well, it's actually about casual sex. When I grew up, there was kind of this rule. I don't know where it came from. It looks like it's ridiculous. I must have been Cosmo or one of those stupid magazines that, you know, this whole three date rule thing. So, I don't know where it came from. But what I've noticed as I've gotten older, every woman kind of has their own rule and there's some women that have no rules, which I think is better. I've got one person I know that she waits a month because she wants the man to be emotionally attached to her before she has sex with him. Oh,
1: my Lord.
0: I just think if you you have chemistry, you have chemistry. It's better to know earlier. I'm with you, sister. (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask you. Yes. Should you wait to sleep with someone? Yeah, should you wait to sleep with someone? What's your first instinct, uh, Linda?
1: First instinct is no. no.
0: You don't believe in the third date rule, do you?
1: No, no. that's silly. I think – I really think it's – I mean, it's certainly up to each person, but it's really how you feel. But, no, I don't think there should be any rules. That's – If it's going well, why not? Yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to actually – say, though, that I was looking at a study earlier today, and the study of 2,000 US adults found that the three-date rule could be a thing of the past. Ah. So, the results showed the average person polled would wait until date eight Mm. in an ideal world. And the study found that men feel sex is appropriate at any point from date five onward, but women would rather wait until date nine on average, which is, I was quite surprised by that.
1: Wow, that is surprising. It is
0: America. So I wanted to hear about you and Dad because I think your story, I always tell people your story because I
1: think it's a really good one. I've got to cast my mind back 35 years. I
0: know. Well, they've been together 35 years and correct me if I'm wrong, you did sleep with him on the first
1: date. Uh, Yes, correct.
0: (laughs) I remember a story that he said that when he woke up in the morning, you were sitting in the shower with mascara all down your face. Yes. no, I was terrified. A, I'm,
1: I frightened him because <laughs> he came in to have a shower and I, like you, yep. sit in the shower, although I have upgraded to a chair stool. in my old age. She has
0: a stool well, in her shower no, now. No, it
1: was a stool and now it's a chair. You have an a actual chair.
0: chair in the shower. It's
1: an actual clear chair <laughs> that we had spare so always. I mean, who stands in the shower? Oh, I sit That's in the shower. Shower
0: as well. I sit on the floor though.
1: Yeah, and it's not that I have long showers sitting there. It's just that's how I do everything: clean my teeth, floss, sit, wash my hair if I have to. So he walked in and nearly died because I was. Sitting on the bottom pre stools <laughs> like a drowned rat. <laughs>
0: with I he I think he said you had just black running down your face.
1: Well, also because I can't see. I've yep. got really bad eyesight. I didn't have contacts or glasses on, so I really didn't know what Wait, was going on. Did you? On, but, did um, you
0: bring a spare pair of contacts with you, knowing that you were going? to – No, I
1: was. It was at my place. Oh,
0: for oh you, yes. for you. Yes. Linda. He was.
1: He was in a share house. I stayed there twice. The bathroom. I was, was going to say, not, not possible. You
0: couldn't sit down in his shower back then.
1: No way. No. no, no.
0: So how how did you get to the point of first date, and then going back to his place, or oh, sorry, him coming no, no. back to your My place. place? Him coming back to your place.
1: First date was a lot of chit chat, and I had worked at a nightclub, and he promoted in nightclubs, so we had that in common. So really, the whole night was spent going to nightclubs, um, various nightclubs, dancing. <gasps>
0: did you and- wait? Sorry, were you dancing together? Yes
1: was, he, yes. was
0: he a good dancer? What did you think?
1: <laughs> he was all right. I was very good.
0: <laughs> I, know, I remember. That, you are a great dancer. You are. <laughs> I'm a great dancer. Yeah.
1: Not going to lie. <laughs> gonna but lie. he, I remember towards the end, I mean, this is pretty late. Yeah. He lifted what up time? my jacket. What time? Probably four in the morning. Oh my lifted God, up my done. jacket, had a bit of a feel of the bottom, <laughs> and he said, yes. Oh. I knew it was my kind of round oh. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and off we toddled back to my place. Never looked back. I was
0: going to say you were 25 and you guys ended up engaged, what, you moved in four months later?
1: So four months later we moved in together and after 10 months we were engaged. Yes. And by 27 I had you.
0: That's just insane. So I mm. think the moral of this intro to this episode. Anything goes. Anything goes and I think that if you have chemistry.
1: I mean you've seriously got to mentally connect or it's not on. But I
0: feel like for you that you both met each other and it just you were lucky at 25.
1: I think also we were both sort of having been nightclub people. Party people. Is that? uh, Well
0: you were club rats. You were club club rats.
1: Club rats. We were both honestly ready ready to meet someone and settle down. He definitely wanted to get married and have children. Which
0: is weird for a 27-year-old man, really. I know. He so pretty weird. pretty young, but
1: that was in his mind. And so when I came along, that's what he was looking for.
0: Yeah, but I think that there's more to it than that. Compatibility, for sure. I mean, when I see you arguing and nagging each other, I'm
1: like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> not so great.
0: <laughs> well, I'm very excited to welcome Nadia Buckety to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about really just around your experiences with casual sex. I've loved some of the articles that you've written. They've totally inspired me and I think that this is such a great conversation to be having. So I'd love to just get a bit of background on kind of what you do and for the people that don't know. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I actually
2: changed my tagline to the Internet's Queen of TMI, which was a bit tongue-in-cheek because it was basically in response to a lot of feedback that I'd been getting that my editorial style is very TMI. Now, for the non-millennial listeners, TMI uh, is an acronym for too much information. So that is pretty much how I would sum myself up. I mean, I'm first and foremost a writer and my writing style is very conversational, very uh, writing from my own experiences. When I first started writing for women 10 odd years ago, I noticed that there seemed to be a real lack of content that was actually relatable and raw. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create some of that. And I started talking about my own experiences with my mental health, my love life, everything. And When I became single after my marriage broke down in my early 30s, I started writing about my dating life and my experiences navigating modern hookup culture, whatever you want to call it. And that particular style of content, people were really relating to it. It it went off. It did really, really well. And so I realized that in particular, there was a hunger for more relatable content, specifically for women, but for everyone around sex. I don't think uh, I'm necessarily reinventing the wheel here. I mean, there's been plenty of content available for women about sex, but it's been mainly through the pages of Cosmo and those sorts of things. And it's written from a very authoritarian voice, usually like a sexologist or someone in a lab coat kind of someone that you just really can't relate to, Mm -hmm. or it's written in a way that kind of makes you feel a bit shitty. Like here's how many orgasms you should be having per week and how much sex you should be having and how it should look. And I'm like, Oh God, like, sometimes i have no sex life sometimes it's dead sometimes i can't orgasm sometimes i'm with someone in bed and i fart on them like why aren't people talking about this side of things you know so i was more so writing that relatable side and and people enjoyed it so hence the kind of too much information <laughs> side of things and it's kind of just gone from there into you know youtube i started a youtube channel just over a year ago and and it's grown a lot faster than what i was expecting i think again just because I don't believe I'm doing anything particularly special, but I think there is just a real hunger from people for relatable sex content.
0: And I think the honesty, like we need more honesty around sex, that it's not always like rainbows because it's not. My God, no. <laughs> Particularly one night stands, which is why, why I really wanted to talk to you because you've written about your experiences with casual sex after you got divorced. So I'd just love to hear more about that story, sort of the good and the bad and also the ugly yeah well
2: i mean i've I've written a lot about my experiences with casual sex and i still do now which is quite hilarious because i have a boyfriend we've been together for three years and he actually he tears apart he loves my columns um and it's really interesting because when we kind of first became an item i would write my column i've got a weekly column for news.com.au and i'd write it and it would go up and i wouldn't tell him anything about it and then he'd see it online often like one of his mates had read it and they'd said oh my god is this your girlfriend And he'd be like, why didn't you tell me that you're writing this column? Like, I would have loved to have read it and maybe like, you know, given you a second eye to give you some feedback. And I said, this is an article about another guy eating out my asshole. Like, why would you (laughs) want to read that? And he's like, Nadia, like there's a six year age gap between us. I'm older. He knew from the very first date I was a sex columnist. And he said, Nadia, like, this is you, this is your life. Like, Mm. I'm not expecting you to be some virgin before I met you. Like, this is what's made you the woman you are today. And I don't have any problem with the fact that you've slept with other guys before me. If anything, I'm reaping the benefits of it. So Mm. he loves my columns. Now he's, he's kind of like, we joke that he's my editor because he'll, he'll read them, you know, and give me feedback on them. But yeah, so I, I, I've written a lot and I still do write about, you know, my many casual sexual experiences. The one that particularly just went crazy online was I wrote, a piece which was called what i learned from having 7 one night stands in 7 days and it went like viral on just a scale that i was not expecting and it's interesting because i believe the reason it went viral i mean I'm probably talking myself down a little bit here. I should be a bit kinder to myself. I think I'm a quality writer, Mm -hmm. but I was going to say I don't necessarily think it was due to the quality of the writing. I think the reason it really went viral is because it was about a woman, being myself, enjoying having sex. And this seems to be a very strange concept to a lot of people because women aren't really allowed to talk about or even acknowledge the fact that we can enjoy sex. and. I think, yeah, it's just such a novelty to people like this idea that, Women are enjoying sex, and it's funny because some of the backlash I got to the story was people saying, you know, why is this a news item? Like, why are people, you know, talking about it? And I was thinking, I'm having the same reaction. Like, why is it news that a woman had some casual sex? Like, literally, there was like, you know, all the different publications. Lad Bible was like, you know, woman has sex with seven men in seven days. I'm thinking, have you met my girlfriends? Like, I've had (laughs) the least sex out of all of them. Like, this is really not something that really out there,
0: you know. Well, it's really that the the shame culture of like creating shame around something so that we kind of stop women from doing it, which is what I love about your columns is like removing the shame from it makes other women feel like, oh, well, I've done that. So like, I, I feel fine about it. And I think that's, that was
2: kind of the thing I realized early on when I started writing about this was like, oh, I'm really onto something here because, mm. you know, women would come up to me, you know, I, I had this not even like a friend, but like a friend of a friend. She was kind of an acquaintance and she'd come with a couple of other friends for drinks thing that we were doing after work one day and she's an incredibly conservative woman, like just I've never really heard her talk about anything mildly risque whatsoever. And we were talking about a, a column that I'd written and she leant across the table and said, actually, Nadia, would you believe I'm 35 years old and I've never had an orgasm? Mm-hmm. And I just thought... It's talking about this stuff that's allowing women. It's sort of almost giving women the permission to feel that they can speak about these things. Because I always say, like, shame grows in the darkness. You know, that's mm. how it's able to 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 breed and blossom. And the more that we're silent on these issues, uh, the more that we're shortchanging ourselves. And, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll get into this later on, but it's not just shortchanging ourselves and orgasm, though orgasms are great. It's shortchanging ourselves so much more. It's really about claiming our power. And that's that's why I'm passionate about writing about female sexual empowerment, not because I want everyone to have great orgasms. I mean, I do want that, but because I think that once you claim your sexual power, it opens up the doors for so much else.
0: Mm. And... On, I guess, was it the seven one-night stands in seven days? I'm sure you kind of had a bit of a spectrum or maybe they were all good. I'd be really jealous if they were all amazing. Because for me, I think one-night stands, you know, I I think that what you see in the movies is one-night stands being this like incredible experience, that's what you see in the movies. And then for me, it's like usually it hasn't lived up to what I've seen in the media. But I would love to make those experiences better or even mind blowing. Do you have any kind of tips or things that you've learned along the way? I guess when you when you first meet someone and you don't know them that well, but having that kind of honesty up front.
2: Well, yeah, it's interesting what you are saying about one-night stands not being like what we see in the movies. I think actually there is a lot of men walking around this earth thinking that they are just God's gift to women in the sack and it's usually the men who are the perpetually single men and this is because when men are having a lot of one-night stands and they're not actually getting into a steady relationship, which I, I mean I personally don't have a problem with that at all, but what's happening is they're never getting feedback because It takes women, I mean, I I speak to women who have been married for 20 years and still haven't worked up the courage to tell their husband that he's never given them an orgasm. So you can bet your bottom dollar that none of us are going around and telling a guy that we just met three hours ago at the bar that uh, it feels like he's going to, you know, suck off our labia when he's (laughs) going down on us, you know. And so a lot of these men are walking around with this idea that they're just God's gift in the sack because they've never received any negative feedback. Um, Uh, But what I would say is that as difficult as it is to provide feedback that like, that's the secret to great sex. People always say to me, you know, what's, what's the secret? You know, they think because I've been writing about sex for all this time. And I do have to remind people, I'm not a sex therapist. I'm not a sexologist. Like I'm just an average girl writing about sex. Definitely. I would know more about sex than probably most people because I've been writing about it for so long, but I mean, I'm not an expert on the issue, but people still seem to think I've got this great, you know, amazing secret for this special technique that you can pull out or whatever and just be great. And it really is just communication. It's just talking and it's something that women are good at in many other aspects of our lives and not so good at in the bedroom. And the way that I got around it and the thing that really sort of empowered me sexually and allowed me to kind of begin my whole journey of really claiming my sexual power it was ironically through being able to speak up for myself having one night stands which is interesting because prior to that I hadn't really had a one night stand before I'd been married I was with my husband for seven years you know adored him and I never spoke up for myself. I never told him when things he was doing felt bad. I never told him when I wanted to try new things, not because he ever did anything specific that made me feel like I couldn't open up to him, but because I was just so caught up in this idea of being a wife and being the perfect partner and pleasing him sexually, it, it, it really never occurred to me to speak up for myself. Now, when I started having these random one-night stands, I thought, I don't care if this guy thinks I'm a friggin' weirdo because I want to try something kinky or <laughs> or if he gets offended because I tell him, you know, I don't like what he's doing. I'm never going to see this guy again. You're right. After this is over, I'm never going to have to look him in the eye ever again, you know. And that was very freeing when I really sort of thought about that and I was like, yeah, who cares actually? Who cares what he thinks because I'm never going to see him again. And so I think there is something to be said for actually allowing, I know I speak to a lot of women who say, Oh, I could never have a one night stand. You know, I need that connection. And I think connection is so important for women, but there's something very freeing about sleeping with a total stranger that you're never going to see again, because you have absolutely no concern for what Mm -hmm. that person thinks of you.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, and that was another thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, I think that there's this And it's something I probably, it was back to being things that I saw in the movies was I just assumed that when I was growing up and I was watching Sex in the City and at 15 or whatever, and I was like, oh, so you have sex, like you have penetrative sex and, and you have an orgasm. And that has just not been the case with me. Like I usually have to use a vibrator, but I think it's, you know, some of my experiences introducing that topic into the conversation is a bit like, oh, there's a bit of trepidation maybe from the guy. Do you kind of have any tips on, is it too soon or is it something that it's kind of your right to, I guess, have an orgasm?
2: Yeah. I mean, the the first thing I would say about that and about your experience is just how incredibly normal it is. And I really just want to take a moment to normalize it because we don't learn anything about female pleasure or the way that female pleasure works in school. You know, sex ed just massively short changes us. We learn very quickly that Boys experience pleasure. You know, we learn about boners and ejaculation and wet dreams. But it's a horror show for us girls. We're learning about painful periods and unwanted pregnancy. And most of us are told by a friend at some point that losing our virginity is going to hurt. So sex is not set up as something we can enjoy. And we really have no point of reference other than, yeah, maybe TV or porn. Um, And so it's unsurprising that there are a lot of women going around thinking, Oh my god! I have sex and I don't orgasm. There's something horribly, horribly wrong with me. And so when I tell women, I say to them, you know that roughly seventy percent of women actually require direct clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. in order to achieve an orgasm. Women are just so relieved, you know. I've told women and had them burst into tears. They can hardly, you know, believe it. All this time that they've thought that they were broken. So I think it's about first of all, acknowledging and understanding how your body even experiences pleasure and how normal it is that you need that clitoral stimulation and it doesn't matter what his penis looks like or what he can do with it. It's most likely never going to give you an orgasm for the vast majority of women. If it can, that's awesome. But the vast majority of women are going to need to either you know, stimulate it with their hand, have their partner stimulate it with their hand or use a clitoral vibrator. And what I would say to women who are worried about bringing out a vibrator because of the idea that, you know, a man might be threatened by it. First of all, if a man is truly threatened by you having a vibrator so that you can make sex better, that should be setting off some massive red flags right there that that man is so (laughs) concerned (laughs) uh yeah he's just so much more concerned with himself and less with your pleasure my experience from just talking to men about this and you know from my own partners is that men just about cannot believe they just think they're like living out uh, their real life porn fantasy when a girl whips out a vibrator they're just like what this is too good because it's like it's showing that you're you're someone who knows how to take control of your pleasure. And it's hot for a guy to be having sex with a woman who's also stimulating herself with a vibrator at the same time. That's like something straight out of most men's fantasies. And so I would be concerned less with you know it being embarrassing uh, and be more concerned with the fact that he's potentially going to ejaculate too quickly because he's going to get so excited when he sees the vibrator come out he's really not going to know what to do with himself you know any girl that's having a one-night stand and is reaching into her handbag and grabbing out a clitoral vibrator
0: ah uh, yeah <laughs> that is
2: that is a fr- that is a freaky woman that most guys are going to want to get down with like that is that's just a dream for the vast majority of men
0: and when you say the clitoral- vacuum because I only discovered one of the sucking vacuums. I discovered it probably earlier this year or late last year. And I've, I have been on a, like a one woman mission to tell every woman I know about it. And I do like the the overwhelming feedback that I've had from women is like, I didn't realize orgasms like this were even possible. Mm -hmm. And so For me, now that I've experienced that, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to have that experience with a guy? That would be ideal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's only going to be more pleasurable for him. So like I say, I think you're looking at a very, very small percentage of very deeply, deeply insecure and very deeply selfish men that are going to make a big deal out of you whipping out a vibrator. Most men are just going to be so excited they're actually just really not going to know what to do with themselves. It's just (laughs) going to be like a fantasy come to life. So really just do it confidently and most guys will love it. Mm.
0: So a bit of a step change. I feel I'm pretty wired to use dating apps to find a long-term partner. I don't know why that's kind of been drilled into my brain. I probably wouldn't even know where to start about changing my profile so that it's more about, I guess, having fun. What are your thoughts on that? Have you kind of used dating apps in the past when you were single for that purpose? Yeah. I mean, when I came out of my
2: marriage and because before getting married, dating apps weren't really yet they hadn't really taken off so when i came out of my marriage and i discovered like tinder and bumble i was like wow i was like a kid in a candy store i was on every app um and my experience and i i'm sure you've had similar experience hannah is that as a woman there's absolutely no need really whatsoever to change your profile settings to say you're just looking for something fun because mm. the vast majority of men are already just looking for something fun and it's actually quite difficult to find men who are looking for something more so I think you can just safely assume that as a woman you're not going to have any difficulty finding something casual via a dating app I wouldn't be too concerned with uh, changing anything about my profile and I'm kind of, of the school of thought that you just sort of open yourself up to whatever happens because sometimes you might meet someone and you might be having amazing casual sex and that just happens to turn into something more and you should just be, I think, open to sort of anything.
0: I feel like this is just me and and maybe some of my friends that I speak to that there's a lot of expectations around dating. And sometimes I just want to be like, oh my God, Hannah, just go and have fun. And if it ends up as a great night and nothing more, that's fine. How do you feel like our expectations in dating kind of affect the experience and about enjoying it in the moment more.
2: Yeah, I I'd completely agree with that idea that you should just allow yourself to enjoy it and be in the moment. I think there's a really great example. I always sort of think of this is my best friend who is now married and she and her husband are sort of almost annoyingly hashtag couples goals. Every time, you know, I, I catch up with them, I'm just like, this is just, ridiculous how you know perfect you two are for each other it's like something out of a soppy movie they really are just you know so good together and the reason I always think of her is because of the fact that she had all of these expectations of what she wanted from a partner and when she met this guy he was all of the things that she said you know she nearly called off the first date because he was everything that she said she said I'm definitely not dating a man younger than me he was younger. She'd had some horrible experiences dating Brazilian men. There seems to be a lot of Brazilian men are a little bit more flaky, a lot, a little bit more sort of free and loose with the, the time that they show up for dates. You know, she had guys show up like 45 minutes, like her husband is Brazilian. And just a number of other things that she sort of had expectations of like the height he had to be and her, you know, her husband's on the shorter side as well. Just so many things. And I remember saying to her, like, just allow yourself to enjoy it and just see where it goes like I know you've had bad experiences with this type of men but you can't just tar every man with the same brush and I think it really is about just allowing yourself to be in the moment and I know lots of women too who are with guys that didn't meet any of their expectations in terms of what they were looking for and sometimes that's exactly what we need that might not be exactly what we need as Husband material, you might not end up marrying that guy, but you might have six amazing months with that guy and grow and become a better person emotionally, sexually, and in you know a number of other ways. So, I think we really do need to be open to stuff and just, yeah, being in the moment
0: totally. I think that whole thing around it doesn't have to be forever that whole forever thing it puts a lot of pressure on you in those early days because it might be like a really fun experience where you've learned something new. So you've written about sexual enlightenment, which I just love that term. What does it mean to you and how, how does that kind of sexual enlightenment then affect the other areas of your life?
2: Yeah, so this goes back to what I was saying when we first started chatting and it's the idea that... Sexual empowerment is, it's so, it's about so much more for women than just having a bunch of great orgasms and having some good sex. Now, those things are definitely important, but you know, the reason I became so passionate about writing about this stuff and speaking to women about it is because it's about so much more and the, the best way to describe it, uh, if, am I allowed to use some slightly crude language? Of
0: course, absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so the, the best way to describe it is I always say when you are stripped naked in front of someone else who's stripped naked, I mean, it, it doesn't get any more vulnerable than that. You want to talk about vulnerability, this is, you know, that's as vulnerable as it gets. And you are staring down the barrel of a cock that you're about to suck. I mean, this this is as vulnerable as you're going to get. And women, you know, women say to me, uh, oh, I, you know, I what are some tips that you can offer me on how to give my boyfriend or my husband a better blow job? And I say, well, you know, what, what's he into? What does he like? And they say, Oh, I've never asked him. I just, I feel too weird. You know, I just, I, you know, I'd be too nervous. And I said, honey, you're putting his dick in your mouth. Like that's the thing you should be embarrassed or nervous about <laughs> the asking bits, the very easiest part. And I think when you really realize that and realize this is as vulnerable as it's going to get and you can speak up for yourself in that situation, then there is going to just be no stopping you. It's Once I was able to speak up for myself, strip naked in front of another person, strip naked and ask for what I wanted at my most vulnerable, walking into work and asking for the pay rise that I'd been owed for the past three years was a stroll in the park. Speaking up for myself in meetings and not letting a male colleague speak over me was. Easy, everything became easy, and people, you know, people still say to me, How are you such a confident person? You know, what's your secret? And it really comes from that. It really started with that. I guess, you know, it sounds a little bit eat, pray, love, but it was that journey of having a bunch of casual sex, not giving a rat's ass about what someone was going to think of me in the bedroom because I wasn't going to see them the next day. So if they wanted to think I was a weirdo or whatever, I didn't care, and then realizing that, wow. I can speak up for myself here. I can speak up for myself anywhere. And so, you know, that's what I tell women. Once you can speak up for yourself in the bedroom, you can do it in the boardroom. You can do it anywhere. And that's really what sexual enlightenment is about. And the reason it's so specific to women is because men have always been granted pleasure, not just in the bedroom sexually, but in every aspect of their lives. You know, we talked earlier about the fact that boys were were told they could have a lot of pleasure in school when we talked about sex ed you probably remember yourself Hannah being on the playground and hearing boys make jokes about wanking it was hilarious all the boys were talking about Mm. it we didn't hear girls talk about masturbation that was the most dirty secret you didn't tell any of your friends and you felt like there was something wrong with you because you were doing it so this is about women claiming our right to be comfortable in our bodies and to have Pleasure. And when we can do that, we can do that in every aspect of our life.
0: Oh, uh, I love it. I really think, just to finish off, the whole empowerment side of it is this is so much more than just sex for me. I think that, particularly with this podcast, there's like fear in myself about being honest because when I think about, you know, my career and all these other things and being judged, there's that barrier in between me and myself almost. And so I totally agree with you. You know, I really do look up to you in the way that you talk about it. And oh, thank you and just want to be more honest about it because the more honest you are and the less shame that you hold around it. Had this thing where I'm just like, I don't want to get married and have babies right now. I just want to have fun. You know, all these things stopping me. It's absolutely ridiculous
2: because what you have to live your life by some sort of arbitrary rule book that says by this age, you should yep. be married and have a child. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, we should be living life on our own terms and the last thing you want to be is trapped in a miserable marriage thinking, you know, what if I had lived my life on my own terms? So That's really all it takes is women go, there's another option for me. Mm-hmm. I speak to so many women who go, honestly, I didn't realise there was another option to getting married. I know this sounds stupid, but I did not realise. I thought that was just what you went and did and then I got halfway into it and went, shit I never really had a period of time for myself to just let loose so I think it's brilliant that you're putting yourself out there like this
0: your heart's like my my heart wants me to go to Italy and have heaps of sex it doesn't want me to get married and have a baby right now seriously I I know it
2: I feel like that should be the tagline for your entire show my heart wants me to go to Italy and fuck a ton of guys
0: Well, on that, that note, I feel like that is just the perfect moment to finish this conversation off. I can't thank you enough for joining me. I feel like there's so much, so much more we could unpack. But yeah, I think we'll we'll finish off on that. Thank you so much, Nadia.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. I always I'm always
0: keen for a good girly sex chat. So anytime. <laughs> so I did the challenge, this was probably one of the hardest challenges, which was basically turn up to a date as yourself and practice being yourself. So, this was how committed I was to this challenge. I did a Zoom call with Bonnie beforehand. Really? Yeah. So, her and I did a bit of a Zoom call. I don't know. We were going to chat anyway. And I was like, I'm going on this date. And I sent her a message and I said... I'm going to practice being myself. And she wrote back and she goes, yes, radically yourself. So we had a bit of a pep talk beforehand. I was doing my makeup. She said she felt like she was watching one of my makeup tutorials. You took
1: off the pink tracksuit.
0: Yes, I took off the pink tracksuit. I wore dungarees. Oh, yeah, they're cute. Yeah, I wore those. Went to the park and had a drink in the park because you can. that's the only thing you can kind of do.
1: Well, you could do. Not now. You're fine now.
0: Yeah, we're fine now. And, yeah, I just was myself and it was really good. It was good because there was, like, no pressure for anything else. Just I was there for one purpose and one
1: purpose only. So you were using him for this podcast as an experiment.
0: Yeah, and I halfway through the date because he knows about this podcast and he actually had listened
1: oh is he listening now hi date
0: <laughs> he listened to the episode and he sent me a message and he said please
1: don't talk about me
0: no he just said that he he goes a big fan of linda oh we like <laughs> him
1: when's he coming for dinner
0: oh my god Mum's the worst i remember i was dating this guy for like a month or two and she's like ask him to your sister's wedding and i was like Mum stop it i think
1: if you don't know someone and you ask them to a family do or particularly a wedding that's the death knell that would scare anyone off that was
0: that was that was your advice well that that was stupid
1: advice don't (laughs) listen to me and so is there going to be another date or it's just a one-off
0: i don't know yet i don't know Look, there's no pressure either way
1: have you spoken
0: yeah, we did speak after. We did.
1: Actually on the phone no, or texting. texting? Okay, so you haven't really learned anything. No.
0: <laughs> well, I keep doing the challenges and that's all that I can ask of myself. To try to do one self-growth challenge a week is a lot. But I have said
1: to you it takes a really long time to get to know someone. Yeah, and I know you texting's say that. not the way to do it.
0: <sighs> Thanks, Linda. You're not setting the challenges lucky.
1: I did set a challenge.
0: (laughs) Oh, and I think I did mention Thailand. I actually can't remember if
1: I've mentioned Thailand in this episode. I'm going to go through and edit them out.
0: Nadia, obviously we spoke a lot about sex, shock horror, but something that she did say was practising asking for something that you want. And that doesn't have to be in the bedroom. It can be anything. It can be at work. Mm. She talked a lot about how her kind of sexual enlightenment then led to her being able to ask for things at work and for you know so the challenge this week is to practice asking for something that you want and that can be anything that you want so there must be something on your mind that you want or there's something I know there's something on my mind that I want in my life non-dating related and it's about practicing for asking for something that you want Um, maybe you should join the challenge this week
1: but I'm so I always ask for what i want i can't i can't think of anything is give there, me an example is there
0: something that dad does that really pisses you off that you want him to stop yeah but you? i
1: at this stage i just tell him <laughs> take you? the consequences okay. which is usually can you please leave me alone do,
0: do you actually say that
1: no no he does
0: oh
1: because you know i've got eyes in the back of my head so i've got a lot of things that he has to comply with and he he just says leave me alone before i've even said it i can't can't think of anything what would i ask for well you'll have
0: to think about it think about I'll think maybe about it. maybe you have everything that you want
1: no no let me think i my challenge will be to think of asking for something that i want
0: okay good do,
1: do i have to ask dad who else would i ask
0: maybe you can ask because you know <laughs> because me and my sisters we we don't give you any mum time or you know, alone time, maybe you just need to say like, Hannah, you need to stop coming upstairs. <laughs> oh,
1: please let me watch my own show <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: Well, I'm not sure if that's something I want, but I'll <laughs> think of something. You think I'll of really something. think about it.
0: I know what I need to ask for. And I think Nadia said that once you can ask for something in the bedroom, then you're able to ask for something in the boardroom. But it's all about getting confidence to ask for the things that you want in your life. So we'll check back next week and see how I went.
1: Good, good, good.
0: Don't forget, if you're following along with the challenges and you want to do this week's challenge please dm me let me know how you went you can find me at hannah first h-a-n-n-a-h-f-u-r-s-t and we will see you next week
1: see you next week <laughs>
0: <laughs> why don't you just not say anything <laughs> you always sound super awkward you're like D- did it sound bad week? no no, it was fine all right let,
1: let me do another one okay. see you next week <laughs>
0: If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything.